welcome to episode 3 of Catan Public Radio. My name is Monica, you may know me on Pokemon Go as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. Thank you for joining me in this bi-weekly podcast as I attempt to scrape together any semblance of news while this game is still in beta. Thank you so much for those of you who have watched the first two episodes. I promise I'm not trying to be sporadic, but until the game launches globally, we are still on a bi-weekly basis as no real new news has come out. However, I did find the blog and community sections of Catan World Explorer's website. So, I do have some interesting information that I have gathered from there. Now, if you're in New Zealand, this is not going to be any news to you, but for those of us who are waiting for this game to launch globally, this is going to be really, really interesting. All right, first things first, they are currently on season four. That was the first bit of information I found, and it was a bit of a shocker. I guess for the beta, they're doing quick seasons to get feedback back in as quick as possible. I'm not really entirely sure, but they are currently on season four with the new season having begun on the 11th. And that was yesterday as I'm taping this on Wednesday, the 12th. The new season is expected to end on the 25th, which will eventually lead into the next faction that has been declared winner and the season five beginning at that point in time. So while they are doing quick seasons... It has been stated on the website that seasons are supposed to be 30 days. And at the end of that 30-day season, whatever XP and achievements you have basically accumulated at that point will be awarded based on how many victory points your faction has attained. Uh, I guess there's bonus points for if your faction places first. Uh, The winners of this last season were the Blue Bears. The three factions are the Blue Bears, the... Gold Eagles, and the Red Wolves. I do not know anything else about the factions other than that. You can change your faction at any point in time. Uh, So I don't know if that's kind of something that the players are messing around with, seeing if they might have better luck with a different faction, or if that even ties into anything. So who knows? At the end of a season, this was a huge bit of information that I found. Everything pretty much resets with the exception of a few things. One, the faction that you've picked because you change your faction on your own. Two, your personal settlement, whatever you have personally built up for yourself. Any unlocked cards you may have, any boost cards you have, and whatever gold you have. So anything you earn that way for those items, you get to keep at the end of a season no matter what. So I guess that's just like your personal stockpile of things. That's a bit interesting. I do like that whatever you've unlocked, you get to keep. And I'm guessing that's regarding to building cards that you may have. You may still have to pay the resource to activate them again, but you don't have to work hard again to re-earn it. So that's good. Um, So this is some interesting information that has come out. It is interesting to see how the seasons are going to work and victory points are earned based on the buildings that you build and all of that. And the winner of the season is decided based on 
the number of victory points the faction has gathered. Um, the numbers I was looking at for the season were actually really close. Uh, 17,000 some odd points for the Blue Bears. The Red Wolves were really close behind with the Yellow Eagles having a little bit of a larger gap. I think they were at 16,000. I could be wrong. I'll probably look at those numbers again later at some point. But um, again, it it's interesting to see how it plays out. They also made some announcements of game updates that have occurred during the course of playing. Now, you got to remember, the game went live in beta on July 7th. So the game has been out for over a month at this point. So the fact that they're going ahead and making edits and adjustments to things is a really good sign that uh, they want it to be as good as it can be when they finally hit the global launch. One of the things they said is that you are able to trade with uh, Gilda, the main NPC that guides you, kind of like Professor Willow in Pokemon Go. And you're able to do that from your bag now, which was a huge thing. Apparently had to go find her. And the trade rate for trading with Gilda is 7 to 1. This means you have to have seven of one particular resource in order to get one of another that you may be lacking. That's a little steeper than I was expecting, but resources could be a lot easier found. The normal trade rate in the board game is four to one unless you're on one of the specialized harbors, then it's two to one. Or if you hit the generic harbor, it's three to one. So that's an interesting discrepancy that they've upped it to seven. You could possibly click on one resource and get several items of a kind from that, like we do on Pokestops. Um, apparently, you get your resources by searching through shrubs as well. So that's interesting. I guess the POIs are shrubs instead of Pokestops. So that's a little different. I could be wrong on that interpretation. Uh, again, I just have to go back and double check on all of that. That was a little bit of an eye-opener to find out. Um, there were significant bugs that they had fixed as well that got announced on that. And uh, people have been talking strategy about where to place buildings on the public settlements. So getting on that website will be a lot more information than what I can give over the show right now. It is definitely worthwhile to check out that resource. And I will be posting a website link in the description of this episode so you can definitely check it out yourself if you're interested in this game hopefully that's the whole reason why you're listening <laughs> um the other really big thing that was interesting to me was they announced a little weekend event called the Catan carnival this is where you had the chance to interact with a lot more Catanians on the board Catanians are the npc players that give you quests to fill out. Quests lead to research points, which lead to unlocking cards, so on and so forth. Uh, Quests basically function like research in your Pokemon Go or similar to the SOS task list in Wizards Unite. Now, I'm not talking about the daily task list. I'm talking about the set of tasks that Hermione Granger sets you to when you start playing through the storyline. So there was a lot of interesting information to learn from that as well. Apparently you can only get two quests at a time or two quests total from any given NPC. So once you hit those two quests, you have to find another NPC. So 
the carnival was a weekend event, um, August 2nd and 3rd or 1st and 2nd, I believe. And again, increased number of Catanians you can find on the map. Just kind of like a boosted event. I don't know. I got the impression that this may be the equivalent of a community day for Pokemon Go. But um, considering that it's two days, it may run more like um, a wizarding weekend. Now, in Harry Potter Wizards Unite, if you've never played this game, they have what's called the Wizarding Weekend. And it's once a month, two day event. And it'll center around a different theme every week. Sometimes it's dependent on a certain trace that you have to return. Sometimes it's the fortress itself and you get extra bonuses for climbing the fortress levels. So I'm thinking there may be a similarity between those two. Someone in the comments, I think, said something about it possibly being an equivalent to First Saturday on Ingress. Now, I haven't really played Ingress. I've got it set up, but I haven't really had a chance to get back into it. So I don't really know anything about First Saturday, what that means. Sorry. (laughs) I've just, I've tried to get started back into it, but I've not really felt a draw to do it. So, but there is another interesting Ingress Catan comparison. You have to be at least a level two to talk to any of the Catanians and pick up quests. Now, why is this interesting? In Pokemon Go for something similar, talking to professors and picking your team and whatnot, you have to hit at least level five. So I'm wondering if maybe it is harder to level in Catan like it is harder to level in Ingress as opposed to Wizards Unite and Pokemon Go where you're just mainly focused on XP. Maybe there's a little extra more going in leveling in Catan. Maybe you have to have a certain number of research points as well. Maybe you have to hit certain levels on certain achievements. I don't know. It's kind of a wide open thing at this point. I will try to do some research over this next week ask some people who are playing the beta what they think about it, get some feedback and stuff. So that way I have a little more to give you for uh, the episode two weeks from now than I will for this episode here. But um, yeah, it's, it's looking really interesting. They have noted there might be a little bit of wax and wane about holding people's interest. So I am kind of concerned on that front if this game will be able to hold interest or not. I do know that there is currently a demand on the chat board for in-game trading between players. So that hasn't been launched yet, which is really, really interesting because in player-to-player trading in Catan, the board game, is incredibly important. So I have a feeling it's going to be incredibly important in World Explorers once it finally gets set up and rolling. So the fact that's not been launched yet is kind of um, not really a red flag, but it is something that I want to keep an eye on. And yes, I will be posting this in the description of the podcast where you can go check out the chat boards and everything. I will also list a website link to the main page where you can still sign up to reserve a spot for when the game goes live to get it downloaded which I think would be a good idea, even if you end up not playing it later. And that's the wonderful thing about apps. They load and then you can just delete them later if it's not something you're interested in. 
hopefully we'll have a good number of people who are interested in this game and we'll get to see what the truth about this Catan carnival is and what it really means. How often is it going to be a thing? Because so far they've only done it once out of the little more than a month that this game has been live. I'm also interested in seeing what other kind of events they come up with for this game. Um, I'm guessing there may be XP boosts, uh, double resource days, kind of similar to some of the events we may see in Pokemon Go. Maybe a little more similar to Wizards Unite. Not really sure. I am open to any and all possible brainstorming you might have on this, things you think you might want to see, and I am more than willing to open up that dialogue. By all means, if you have any ideas, questions, something you think might be a thing for this game, by all means, contact me. I'm on Twitter at Anthissa21, Instagram Anthissa.21. I'm not really doing much in the way of Catan World Explorers right now, but when the game rolls out, I will start posting things on Instagram for that. You can also email me anerdblog at gmail.com, all one word, lowercase, no capitals, and let me know what you think. If you're playing the beta and you're interested in contacting me, please do so. I'm really interested in any kind of information I can get at the moment. And again, until more news comes out, this will be a bi-weekly podcast. Um, I may have to wait until game launch to do full one-a-week episodes, but I think for now this is okay. I will try and get into doing more kind of content and everything. I am looking forward to getting my Twitch stream back going again. Uh, if you listen to my Battle Academy podcast, you already know about that. Um, and Battle Academy is for anybody who's interested in Pokemon Go PvP by any chance. If you're interested in that, you can totally check that out. And um, I am going to try and set up some stuff for a possible Patreon and some merch on Teespring if you're interested. I know it's not cool you're promoting merch. I'm not ready to spend money, but I I don't feel it's a good idea to ask for donations without you guys getting something in return. So that's the way I kind of want to do it. More of a setup that you guys get something too. So the Patreon, I may consider like a Discord server. Not entirely sure. We'll see what happens when it happens. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Again, short, sweet, not much to talk about until we get more information see more events kind of happen, what kind of updates they do. So hopefully we'll get into a point of getting more news and hopefully we'll get that global launch soon and actually get our hands on the game. You can try and download the APK against the terms of service. You could get blocked from the game if you get busted for it. But if you do somehow manage to get into the APK, please keep in mind the map is not generated. There are no POIs unless you're in New Zealand. So just so you know, you'll get nothing for doing it. All right, that's going to be an episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I will see you guys two weeks from now. Have a great week or two. <laughs>